0: This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Since we are in the middle of a fast, I am talking to you about fasting today and uh, to keep you guys motivated. Because anytime we start trying to do something, you know, there's always opposition to try to get us to quit. Have you ever felt like, have you ever started anything and, and never completed it? Yes. Is, is there anybody like that out there? And, uh, and so what the, but, but we're going to complete this. Amen. I know some of us might be fasting even past the 21 days. Some of us started even earlier. Uh, I know my brother John started earlier. And so um, I'm telling you, it's okay. You can go a little longer if you want. I'm not going to hold you back. Amen. And uh, so today's title is Fasting Benefits, subtitle is Breakthrough Promises for Fasting and Prayer, amen? Breakthrough Promises. And, uh, and so, so we're going to talk about that today, but just let me just give you a, a couple key points here, because there are some that even in the body of Christ that believes fasting is just a work and maybe an Old Testament thing and, um, you know, that we, we please God by faith and not by works, well... I have to beg to differ. You know, our faith should have corresponding actions. So if you if you really believe God's word, you're going to do His word. Amen. Amen. And so, um, so I really believe that that uh, that that we need to correspond our actions with His word. And some may say, well, you know, is it a command to to fast? Is, is that a command? Do we do we have to do that? And uh, uh, well, let me put it this way: Is it is it a command to walk in love? Yes. Okay, then I then I rest my case. <laughs> Amen. You say, well, what does that have to do with fasting? Well, it, it it all has to do with what what Jesus talks about in Matthew six. And in Matthew six, he he gives three principles of of a Christian and some of the things a Christian or a Christ follower should be doing. And he talks about it in Matthew and. In and, and 6, he talks about when you give. Uh, and, and the very beginning of 6 is when you give to someone in need. And I'm not going to go into it. He gives criterias of what causes the blessing to come on your giving. And he said, well, let me just let me hit the highlights. He says, don't give in a way where everybody knows you're giving uh, so that you're tooting your horn so, so people can pat you on the back then you already have your reward. But when you give, give in secret. So, so, so he says when you give. So that 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 reveals to us that he expects us to give, and and so that's an expectation. So of our faith, amen. In other words, if you are a Christian, you're a giver. Amen. Eh, Okay, that's a good amen. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Uh, And number and number two, he says when you pray. So if you're a Christian, now there's a lot of people praying. There's a lot of religions. They they pray. But, but, but he expects us to be in communication with him. Amen. amen. Yeah. I mean, that's the reason why Jesus died. Why? Because, you know, Jesus said it is finished. And we know that the veil was rent from top to bottom in the Holy of Holies. And that signifies that we can have a relationship with Father God. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. That you can have a relationship with God Almighty. And, and so, so God, I really expects us to communicate with him. He says, when you pray. And then he says, uh, Matthew six sixteen, when you fast, yeah. and so you know, um, I believe it's an expectation. I, I, I believe that that God expects us to get in a place where um, we can get quiet before Him and get a revelation. You know, really, what we need is a revelation of God's love uh, for us and for mankind. Yeah. If we can get a revelation of how good God really is yeah. and how great He is, and his love that he has for us and his love that he has for mankind. If we can get that revelation, um, I'm telling you, it's going to take us higher in our faith. You believe that today? Amen. And so I, I don't know about you, but I I want to touch God's heart um, with my faith. I want my faith touching God's heart. And I don't, you know, in, in, there's a scripture. I'm not too sure where it's at, but it says, you know, wring your hearts and not your garments. And uh, that's in the Old Testament. And in the, in the Old Testament, what they used to do, and, um, and he, uh, even in the New Testament when the Pharisees, when, when Jesus said he was basically, he was calling himself the son of God. Remember, he had that trump up trial. And, uh, uh, and it said the Pharisee ripped his garment. That's it, you know, and he pulled an incredible Hulk. Right. You know, uh, you know, and, and he ripped his car. And, uh, and and when, when you display great emotion of sadness or anger um, uh, of, of injustice, really of injustice, um, what they would do in the Old Testament is they would rip their 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 garment. Yeah. Ah, you know, boy, they were very uh, expressive people. And I think I think we might need to get back to that. We might need to get back to being a little bit more expressive in our faith. And, and maybe we might need to, ah, of course, wear an old shirt. What are do you it. Do? You don't want your favorite shirt. But um, what am I saying? I'm saying that, that we can get in a place in our faith walk where our, our prayers are mundane, our, our, our church service is mundane. We're not really, we're just going through motions. Even, even, even um, when we repent, of over our sin, we're not really sad about it. It's just the, you know, the repentance card. You know what I'm saying? It's something, oh, God, forgive me, but you don't really mean it because you keep doing it. So, you know, so, so we need to, we need to get serious. So, so what, what God was saying was we need to rent our hearts, and not just our garments. In other words, get serious. All right, we got to get serious. God wants us getting serious with him. You know, he doesn't want it just to be mundane. Our walk was never meant to be boring. If our walk in Christ is boring, it's because you're boring. <laughs> I said it this morning. If your walk is boring in Christ, it's because you're boring. Amen? And so and so don't be a bore. <laughs> <Amen>. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. So let's look at something here because I really want, how many people want to really touch the, the heart of God? And I mean, really, I mean, do you, do you want to have fake faith or just mundane faith or just go through the emotions? I mean, I mean that's not the way you have, a, you, hopefully, uh, a, uh, married people in here. Hopefully, you're passionate with your spouse. Hopefully, okay, we'll keep moving on. Okay. <laughs> Well, you know, it's a good thing when I look out here and the husbands and wives are sitting together. That's a good thing. Amen. Okay, we'll continue. All righty, then. Okay, let's go to 2 Chronicles 7.14. And let's look at this because this is really good. Because, you know, really, I guess the theme of this message is really touching the heart of God. I mean, are we touching the heart of God with our faith? Are we... um, revealing with our faith that we are sincere about walking with God. Are we really serious? Amen. Or are, again, are we just kind of go, just going through the emotions? This is just religion for us. See, because I'm going to say this. There's lots of people that, that go to church and it's just religion. It's just to look good. It's just to have your name on a roll. But is your name in the book of life. And there's going to be many people that go to church who will still end up in hell. Oh, man, Pastor, did you have to go there this morning? Yeah, if you don't have a relationship with God and you just go into church just because to look good or just because your, your parents... See, you can't go on your parents' faith. Amen. Just because your parents go to church and you go to that same church, that same, you know, you know church, um, you can't ride on your parents' faith. You can't ride on your grandparents' faith. You've got to have your own faith. Amen. Amen. And it's called digging into the things of God. So in 2 Chronicles 7, 14, you've heard this scripture, you've heard this before, but uh, it says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. And so I want to stop there. Uh, God's looking for some humility. Amen. He's looking for us to humble ourselves. Amen. And, and so when, when you read this, it says to humble yourself. We know that the, the highest level of, of humbling ourselves is sacrificing to God. It's sacrificing what we love to God. Amen. Would you agree with that? It, it's, it's, it, it's sacrificing, you know, when you pray or you come to church, you know, you're sacrificing your Sunday morning. Amen. And, 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 you're, and you, may, you may love sleep. You may want to sleep in on Sunday morning, right? but you're sacrificed, why? Because you want to honor God.. Amen. You're, you're sac- you're, you're, and God and God sees sacrifice as, as something that He admires. He admires a, a person that lays down some natural things to be able to walk in some spiritual things. He, he admires that. Why? Because there's so many people all through the Old Testament and even in the New Testament. That, that's allowing the natural to override the supernatural. Amen. Oh, you hear what I'm saying today? So, so we, we know this, that um, there, there was a couple of brothers. Um, uh, it was Esau and Jacob, right? And, and, so, and so Esau was the hunter and Jacob was the mama's boy, right? And Jacob was always at the house. He was the cook and he had smooth skin. And, um, and of course... Esau was the hairy guy, and he was the guy that, you know, he was the, he was the wrestler in, in the family, right? He was his jock. He, you know, and, and, uh, and so, but uh, remember that um, he was hunting one day, and, uh, and he was hunting. I guess he was out all day, and, and he hadn't eaten. And he came in, and he, and he asked his brother to make him some food. Remember that? And his brother said, sell me your birthright. He said, I will make you this, I'll give you this bowl of beans because he smelt the bowl of beans. And he said, well, okay. He said, I'll take, I'll give you my birthright for those bowl of beans. Right? Uh, so, so, in a sense, some say, well, you know, Jacob really swindled his brother's, you know, uh, birthright. Kind of yes and kind of no. Because his brother kind of gave him you know, traded it off. Of course, we know that Jacob was a smart business person, right? And Jacob, you know, he he really—I mean, he got the birth basically the firstborn. You know, they were twins, and he was secondborn, right? And so the firstborn really got got most of the stuff, even in the inheritance. So, so uh, he he said, "Let's switch places. That I want to be, you know." first guy. And, he's, and then we know uh, uh, Esau said, okay, I'll take the bold beans. You can have it. He probably didn't really mean it. <laughs> and so he ate. And what, what happens? A lot of times, I'm going to say this, our appetites, out of control, can knock us out of the promises and blessings of God in our lives. Am I talking to anybody today? Our appetites, you know, out of control, You can tweet that. No, 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 I'm getting off of of Twitter. I don't like them anymore. But anyway, um, (laughs) I'm going to create my own platform. (laughs) It's called Freedom Twitter, where you can have freedom to express your thoughts, amen, and not be shut down. But we'll continue. We'll continue here. I don't want to get political. But anyway, um, praise God. And so 2 Chronicles, he talks about... Humbling yourself. And so we see that, that es- Esau was willing to let it go for a bowl of beans. And, and so some of us um, uh, in our walk with Christ, the enemy's trying to tempt us in areas of our flesh to go an ungodly way. Uh, to, and, and really, we're going to end up paying the price for ungodliness. But you can also pay uh, a price for godliness and receive godly rewards. And so here he's saying here, humble yourself. So to humble ourselves, it means that we need to be sacrificial in our faith walk with God. Nobody wants to hear hear about sacrifice anymore. Right? But but humbling yourself, your sacrifice. So here in the old testament, everybody knew humbling yourself was meant what was really means one thing fasting was laying down natural food. So he says, if my people are called by my name, will humble themselves. Or you could say, if my people are called by my name, we'll fast. Number two, and pray. And number and, and number three, seek God's face. Now I'm going to say this that in our culture and a lot of times you hear five keys on how to get whatever you want from God. And you know, those are great messages. Everybody loves those kind of messages. I want to know how to get everything I want from God. And, And and those great messages, but we really need to seek God's face before we seek his hand. We really need to be seeking. Well, what is God? What do you want? You know, I I want, you know, I want a ministry in Hawaii, but what do you want? I want you to be in Virginia Beach. Okay. (laughs) You know, what do you want? Well, you know, a lot of times we tell God what we want. God, this is what I want. But, but God has, you know, he has a plan, but this is what I want for you. You know, I, it's interesting because um, the, the, the happiest place you're going to be in God, the, the most fulfilled place, how many people want to be fulfilled in here? Amen. I want to be fulfilled as a Christian. And, 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 and the, the, the greatest place in fulfillment is in the middle of God's will. Amen. Yes. Now, you can do things on your own and you're on your own. <laughs> In other words, you may not have the grace. You can do some things, but you may not have the grace and it may be a lot of struggle and misery. Amen. And you can do some things, but if God's not in it and his grace is not upon it, then it's what what the Bible calls dead works. And then there's no eternal rewards for it. And it's all basically pride. Are oh, you hear what I'm saying? There's a lot of people walking around thinking, "Oh yeah, I'm hearing from God." Uh, they're hearing from their own flesh. And you got to get close to God. And, and and so you know, you know, some you know, there's a false type of teaching out here that God wants you happy. Uh, it's not about you being happy. God wants me happy. You ever hear that, that the spouse is ready to leave the? The other spouse, he says, well, I need to go find myself to be happy. I'm not, or, or they say to that spouse, I'm just not happy anymore. Right? Right? Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. But, you know, when you, when you marry and when we get Jesus in our life, it's not about us being happy. It's about us being committed. It's about, us, it's about Jesus laying down his... You think Jesus was happy about going to the cross? Oh, I'm excited, guys. I'm going to the cross. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get whooped. I'm going to get beat. And I'm excited about it. No, the Bible says that, that Jesus despised the cross. He despised the shame of the cross. Sometimes we, you know, you might be in a place where you despise where you're at in God. I hope you're there. I want you to be in a place where you despise where you're at so you can move to the next level. Some of us haven't moved to the next level because we don't despise, oh, I'm preaching today, where we're at. Some of us might need to despise where we're at. Despise your financial situation. Despise your your health situation. Despise why, why why your relationship is not flourishing. You need to despise those things. Amen. Despise lukewarmness. Oh, man. Pastor, you're really getting on my toes today. You need, we need to get to a place where we despise. See, listen, you're never going to come out of your problems until you start despising them. Oh, man. I never got out of debt until I said, that's it. I'm done. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get out of debt. If I got to work a second job, a side hustle. I'm going to do whatever it takes. Right. And I was painting curbs with my brother. You know, putting numbers on curbs. We had our own curb business. Uh, well, pe- curb painting business. And we would put those numbers, you know, those numbers on the curbs where you go up to somebody's house and you see the numbers down there. Well, you know, um, you can do it illegally and just throw some flyers up. Or you can get set up with the city and you can get a, a, a permit. You know, I got a permit. I was all legal. And uh, it, it, it really emboldens you when somebody says, you shouldn't be painting over here. I said, I got, I got a permit, you know, legal. And when you do things legally and upright and above board, it gives you boldness. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And so uh, you have boldness when you, when you're walking right before God. Amen. So, so what am I saying? I'm saying that we need to humble ourselves. We need to pray. We need to seek God's face. And then what is the payoff? What is the payoff off of us living a godly life? What is, well, heaven is your home. is a great payoff. But he says, I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will restore their land. Amen. So, so what is God doing? See, the enemy is working against uh, the body of Christ. The enemy is working against you. The devil is trying to keep you from receiving all that God has for you, right? Amen. So the devil is, what all he's, he's going to do is he's going to try to discourage us and he's going to try to slow us down. You know, the devil wants to slow us down. Amen. He wants to throw all these roadblocks in our way to keep us from going into the promised land. Amen. I'm going to say this this morning. There is a promised land for you. Amen. There is a place flowing with milk. What, what, what do you mean by that, Pastor? There's a place where you are so content in the Lord, where you are so fired up in God, where you're walking in the glory of God, where you're walking in days like heaven on earth. There is a place. Amen. And we can get there. And we can do that every day. Amen. So so what, what I'm saying to you today, I'm saying we got to get out of fear alley And get into Faith Avenue. Because what the enemy is doing is he's trying to put fear on the body of Christ. And put fear on us. Fear of the COVID. Keep us from coming to church. Are you listening to people who are watching out there? Uh, fear of COVID. Oh, I ain't going to, you know, go, go out to church. What, what happened to faith and believing God for, for healing, divine protection, the blood of Jesus? What happened about the name of Jesus? What, where's our faith at? Hello? Well, no, I ain't going to leave my house. I'm going to stay. No, you got to have some faith. It's impossible to please God without faith. You got to believe. Amen. I know this crowd right here, if Jesus came back, will definitely be taken up. We'll up. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Father. <laughs> All right, we'll continue. <laughs> Amen. So what do I say? We got to get out of fear alley and get into faith avenue. So what is the enemy doing? The Bible says in the last days, people are going to be in fear. And th- this is not just talking about ungodly people or people that don't know God. This is talking about saints. There are going to be people that are going to be in fear, but, but we as saints aren't supposed to be fearful. We're supposed to be bold as a lion. Amen. Amen. Right? We're supposed to be facing our giants. Not only facing them, but we're supposed to be running towards our giants Amen. Amen. of doubt and unbelief. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? So, so we got to get out of fear alley. We got to keep. And how are you going to do that? The only way we're going to do that is get closer to God. Get a revelation of God's love that he's for us. And if God is before us, it doesn't matter who's against us. Amen. Amen. And it may look like we're losing, but we're winning. Amen. Because God is working and God has a plan. Thank you, Lord. God has a turnaround plan. Amen. Do you believe that today? So, so in Mark 9, 9, 19, we know this story, and I kind of hit on it last week, that, uh, that Jesus uh, came down from the mountain with three of his disciples, uh, his close disciples. And when he came down, there was a crowd of people, and his other nine disciples were there. And there was this man with his son, and his son was, had demonic problems. And, of course, the man said uh, to Jesus, uh, your disciples could not cast out this spirit, that, this demonic spirit that's causing my son to throw, you know, throw my son into the water to drown him or throw him into the fire to kill him. And, uh, and I asked your disciples to pray and they could do nothing. And so, and so Jesus um, said to them in Mark 9, 19, you faithless people, How long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So so Jesus, he responded in saying, he wasn't saying this to, maybe he was saying it to the father, but mainly I think he was talking to his nine disciples. He he was saying, you faithless people. In other words, he was saying, see, faith moves mountains. And, and, you know, it's not... It's not a devil problem that we might have. It might be a faith problem. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In other words, it might be a believing problem that we might have. We're not believing that God's power can set us free or put us into a place where we need to go. We might have a faith problem. Yeah. It's called doubt and unbelief. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Amen. It almost, it, it, it's that doubt and unbelief that says, give up, quit, yeah. it ain't going to work. God's not coming through. I've tried it already. I've tried fasting, pastor. And, you know, I was never able to, to move to that next level. Well, you don't just try it. You do it. Amen. And then you expect it, uh, a result to happen. Yes. Yes. And so he says, you faithless people. And then he's talking to the guy uh, uh, that, that has a, uh, the problem with the, the boy. And um, he said, he says, uh uh, Jesus, can you do anything? And, of course, Jesus said, can I do anything with a question mark? And then in verse 23, he says, what do you mean, if I can, Jesus asks. Anything is possible if a person believes. So, so, so really, the uh, short circuit of us seeing breakthrough and promises is our believing. Yeah. And so then, in verse 29, we see, uh, well, if you go down... Uh, down the verse from 23, Jesus casts out that demon out of that boy, sets that boy free. And then in verse 29, uh, the, uh, well, verse 28, the, the disciples asked, why couldn't we do this? And Jesus replied, this kind can be cast out only by prayer and fasting. And so Jesus was making a, 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 com- a comment about the situation. He was saying that this kind uh, of, of demonic stronghold can only be broken if you uh, fast and pray. And some scholars say, well, it wasn't just the devil uh, that, that needed to be cast out. What, what Really, they, this kind of unbelief comes out through prayer and fasting. So there's two ways you could look at it this way. I, I, I believe you could probably interpret it two ways. If we have the faith of a mustard seed, we can move mountains. Right. So it's our faith that's always under attack. Isn't that right? It's like we praise. Oh, God's going to do it. God's going to move. And then we, we see a disappointment like, oh, God's not going to do it. Right. And so our faith is up and down. Oh, Yes, God's going to do it. Oh, he's really going to do it. And then, then the devil does something. Oh, my Lord, Jesus, God's not going to do it. How many people have been in that zone? Up, down, up, down, up, down. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Now you got to say, you've got to keep up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Remember what James said? Uh, uh, when, when you encounter all trials and tribulations, count it all joy. Right? So we've got to keep counting it all joy when everything seems like it's falling apart. Right? So you've got to count it all joy. Why? Because God has a plan. Somebody say, God has a plan. And what the enemy thinks, see the see the devil, the devil's always two steps behind God. Yeah. He's not, he's not in front of God. God already knows, God has already, has, has already laid it out. He already knows the situation. And so, and so the bottom line is the devil's playing into God's hands. And whenever he tries to attack you, and, and, you know, this happens. Whenever I'm under attack or... I'm dealing with something. It makes me pray more. (laughs) It makes me read my Bible more. Do you know what I'm talking about? When everything's going easy, who needs God? (laughs) Right. So really, we really need God in the pressure cookers of life. Right. In the pressure cooker life. We need God. We, we, but we really, what, what's the fallacy in our thinking is we need God all the time. We just think we need God in the pressure cooker oh, when everything's falling apart. God, I need you. No, we need God all the time. You can't even tie your shoe without God helping you. The problem is you think you can. No, you need God to help you. Amen? I remember this one minister uh, was, you know, very highly anointed. at Keith Moore. He has a, a great church. He has two churches he pastors, one in Florida, and where's the other one at? Missouri, Branson, Missouri, and uh, great minister, but uh, he used to lead a uh, healing school for Brother Hagan back in the day. When they had healing school, they still do it over there at Ramah, and uh, people will come in that have terminal diseases, and they will come in under the word, and they will get healed. Right, the doctor's given up on him. So, when all else fails, pray. Right, and uh, <laughs> right. When all else fails, might as well get God. You, you mean you had to get to that point? You had to go to church. Yeah, I had to get to that point. I had to go to church. Yeah, man, you had to get religion. Right. So anyway, so so the <laughs> people think you know, like church is like a noose around your neck. God's a noose around you. No, God man, man, God is is the is is the wind beneath your wings. Yes, yes, yes. You gotta get a revelation of that. He's not he's not he's not a ball and chain on your on your ankle. Amen. Right? God is the wind beneath our wings. He will cause us to rise up. Yes, right? You gotta get that out of your mindset. Amen. Oh man, I, got, I went one's church, yeah. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? A lot of people like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I paid my dues. I paid my dues today. You know, no, 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 no. Change that mindset. Amen. And so, and so we we got to get a revelation of, um, where was I at on that last point? Keith Moore, that's right. Thank you. And I'm talking about humility. And, and Keith Moore said to the Lord, Lord, how much is it of you? Because he's a great preacher. He's a great minister. How much is it of you and how much is it of me when I'm up here ministering? Because it's like, you know, it's like butter. Somebody would say it's easy. And, uh, and, uh, and so he prayed that. And then the next day he got up and he got his notes. And he's like, okay, we'll turn to what scripture to turn to. And he started looking like a bumbling idiot up there. And I'm telling you, he couldn't he couldn't string two two scriptures together, and he was like trying, and he was, and this happened for three days, and he thought he was his ministry was over, and the Lord said, that, "That's how much is of me. <laughs> All of me." Do you know what I'm talking about? In other words, he thought, "Oh yeah, I wonder how much is how much talent." Woo I got you know, you got nothing, buddy. I' don't have You got nothing. And he realized, oh, my! T-. see, we got to get to a point where our total dependency is on God and not ourselves. Amen. See, that's where we mess up. We start thinking, oh, yeah, man, yeah, I could throw that three-point shot, you know, every time, you know, 90% ratio. Yeah, I know there's a lot of practice in there, and, and you know, you can get good at some things. But as Christians, we can do nothing without God and the Holy right. Spirit. Amen. Nothing, no, no significant anything. Amen. So, so, so we got to stay humble before God. So we got to get out of fear, out of out of fear alley, and into faith avenue. And to do that, fasting uh, removes uh, the worldly, you know, uh, presence in our life. We, when we're fasting, hopefully, you are cutting down on, you know, on the carnality of your life. And prayer is connecting us to God. Amen. Now, now, let me just give you some benefits to fasting and prayer. And uh, because I, I really think this is really key, it says here in Isaiah 58, 6 through 12, it, this is considered the fasting scripture in the Bible and the benefits of fasting. And it says here uh, that uh, it's not the fast that I have chosen, Isaiah 58, 6 through 12, uh, to lose the bonds of wickedness. Now, see, I'm going to say this, that Christians, in their walk in Christ, are at different levels. Okay? So, some Christians should be nice, but some of them are mean. Amen. And, the re- and some of them are honory when they should be meek. Amen. And, we, and what we do is we try to judge everybody on the same level. Well, they all should be like Jesus. But everybody's at a different level in their faith walk. Right? So, if everybody's at a different level... And if they're a baby Christian, you know, they're new, being a Christian, they might drop, they might, they might curse every once in a while. Why? Because they haven't totally got it right, got it in there. They may, they may drop the ball in faith every once in a while, right? They may cuss somebody else, <laughs> They might cuss somebody out every once in a while. They might tweet a nasty tweet every once in a while, right? Well, because they're, they're, they're baby Christian, you know, you can't put them on Jesus level and we're all growing. That's why we got to be very careful about judging one another, because we don't know some person that gets upset and gets offended real easy. They're baby Christians. See, see, if you're always getting offended and somebody's always taking you off and all that, you're baby, baby Christian. You can say a baby, right? If you're always allowing things, people to get under your skin and you can't. You can't just let things go and you're always harboring ill will and bitterness and you're always angry about stuff. Baby, you're just a baby. You haven't grown in these areas, right? So God wants us to mature and so that's why we need to be very careful because there's babies in the body of Christ. And you can be baby and be a Christian for 40 years. Just because you're an old, oh, I'm going. Just because the guy's older than you, they could be a bigger baby than the younger guy in Christ. Because they haven't grown and matured in their walk. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? So that's why we got to be very careful. So it says here to loose the bonds of wickedness uh, because um, when we come into this walk, we're not exactly like Jesus. And so we're going through a process of transformation. OK, we're being transformed into his image. So in that process, we're learning Amen. how to walk in love. Yes. How many people are learning how to walk in love in here? Amen. I'm still learning. Yes, sir. I am still. If you hear, hear me in my car <laughs> yesterday, can I give you a story? It's always the car story. I'm at I am YMCA and I'm trying to back up and this lady is, is blocking me. And, I, and, I, and so she's just sitting there and she can move up. There's all this, and, she, and so, I, so I said, well, i just give her a little nudge. So I back up a little bit, and she just looks at me and just doesn't do nothing. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so I'm trying to back up here. You know, I, you know, I was about ready to, you know, I was like, what? 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 You're not going to back up? And I kept trying to back up a little bit more, you know, because her car's right there. And I really wanted to throw it in reverse if it was the beater. And hit it and hit her car. Bam! Oh, I'm sorry. Were you, in, were you behind me? I really, that thought came to me. It was like, a, like a, the Grinch that, that thought about taking Christmas away. That smile, you know. I thought about, bam. But I didn't have the beater. I had the nice car. I couldn't do it. And plus, I'm a pastor and it wouldn't be right. So anyway, and I want to keep law and order. Amen. But I thought about that. So I just sat there and she finally, her kid came out. She, she was doing it on purpose, you know, just, you know, and then your kid came in the car and then, she, and then she sat there even another two three seconds. Just to let me know. I ain't moved for nothing. Are you, I, why are people like this? And, and, I, and I, and I, and I, and so I back up and I'm driving. I said, well, God, I said, you got to love all of them, don't you? You, know? you just got to love, the, you got to love these people, right? I said, they're made in your image. And I, and I, and I said, man, you, you got to love them, you know, because, you know, but a lot of these people are going to be burning in hell. It's just, you know, it's I'm sorry. I, I hate to tell you that. But a lot of them, are just, they're, they're, they're they they hate God. They hate people. They 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 hate America. <laughs> and, they, and they're and they're just not gonna, They're unless they repent. We want to pray for them. We want God, but God gives us free will, and some of them just gonna just gonna be so defiant, they don't want God in their life, mm-hmm. and God's not gonna make them come to Him, and He's not gonna put them in an ar- a headlock and say, "You're coming to heaven with me," right. Amen. Because God gives us, He knocks on our door, but we have to open that door, Amen. Yeah. And so He says to loose the bonds of wickedness. So, so the fast is to loose bonds of wickedness. So, what am I saying about baby Christians? I'm saying that we're in this walk and we're all dealing with issues and there is a a degree of wickedness that can be in any believer's life. So when we fast and pray, hopefully it breaks off the wickedness in our life. And then it says to undo the heavy burdens and heavy burdens can be things that are just weighing us down. And it says in Hebrews that that for us to run our race effectively, we have to let go of those heavy burdens. Hebrews chapter 12. So there's things in our life that we just need to release from. You know, there's just things that we need to uh, uh, have those heavy burdens broken. The only way we're going to do that is through supernatural power of God. Amen. 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 And so and then to let the oppressed go free. Then we go into where we're fasting and praying. Now we're, we see we, 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 God starts opening our eyes to other people's issues. Like I need to pray for that lady. Lord, draw that lady by your spirit. Yes, yes. Get her into the kingdom of God. Yes. Amen. Make sure her mansion is not near mine in heaven. But anyway. Um, amen. Amen. Now, I'm just telling you what flesh will do. Flesh is ugly. Flesh, our flesh is ugly and it can turn in a New York second. And it's, and it's, it's, it's much more as, as flesh. How many people have flesh in here? Okay, it's easier, I hate to say it, it's, it's sometimes it's easier to walk in flesh than it is in the Spirit. Why? Because you're in the flesh. Get out of your body and you'll be walking in the fruit of the Spirit every time. Why? You got no flesh. Right? So you don't have, you don't have those barriers. But flesh, you know, you got your intellect and your emotions and you got... You got all these memories of people taking advantage of you and hurting you and all that connects when somebody does something wrong to you and you're not you're not told you had to let go of some things. So you you need to be fasting and praying and, and, and then you then God starts revealing other areas of people that need prayer and then we fast and pray for our loved ones to be set free. So now that's unselfish fasting and praying. So we want to fast and pray for that. And then it says, number four, that every yoke be broken. Amen. Why? See, see, God, can I get out of my chair now? See, God, God wants us walking in total freedom. He doesn't want us being bound up. He doesn't want us being in unforgiveness. He doesn't want bitterness to be in our lives. He doesn't want us walking in uh, sickness or, or disease. Or anything like that. God's a good God. Amen. He wants us walking in health. Yes. He wants. He doesn't want us broke and barely making it. No, He wants us to be totally uh, prospering in everything that we do. God is a prosperity God. Yes. And you say, well, how can you say... You, you, you're trying to turn this gospel into a prosperity gospel? It is a prosperity gospel. God's called us to prosper. Amen. That's why when we, you get to heaven, you're not going to be... In in some small shack in heaven, right. mansions, right. streets of gold, yes. pearly gates, yes. amen. I mean, even when he dressed up his people, I'm talking about the um, the the Sad, uh, well, Sadducees and Pharisees, and well, the priests in the Old Testament. Uh, they had you know a ephod, and and on that they had these jewels, mm-hmm. all these wealthy jewels, and all that, and and. Uh, and uh, you know they, you know God, God, you know God's into wealth. Amen. God's not into poverty. That's right. God doesn't want us to be poverty stricken. Poverty's not from God. Amen. Poverty's from the devil. Yes. Amen. The Bible says, if you serve God, you will never go hungry. Uh-huh. If you fear God, serve God, you will never go hungry. But why are people going hungry? Because they don't fear God. Amen. And so if you fear God, you will never. Go. God will take care of you. Amen? He is El Shaddai. And so the God that's more than enough. And so it says here that to break every yoke. And this is the key. And I want to get this in our fasting that is it not to share your bread with the hungry and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out? When you see the naked that you cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh. So what he's saying here is that in our fasting for the next two more weeks, Do something good for somebody. Help a poor person. And a poor person could be somebody that doesn't have, they could have money, but if they don't have Jesus, they're poor. Just because you have money doesn't mean that that, that, that you're not poor. You're poor in, in the spirit if you don't have Jesus. Get Jesus to somebody. Witness the goodness of God to somebody. Bless somebody. Take, you know, well, you can't take them out to eat, but unless you're going to get a salad. But, <laughs> are you listening to what I say? Do? Uh, uh, it says here, part of, of us see, moving God's heart is for us to help the poor. Don't despise the poor. Sometimes we do. Oh, yeah, and, and we know that there's a lot of uh, uh, people out there on the streets that, you know, their job is to panhandle. And we know that they got, they're perfectly healthy, they look like they eat more than most people, they're overweight, and they look like they're lacking nothing, but they're holding the sign up. And, you know, and sometimes i like, man, but, but, but get Jesus to them. Get Jesus to them. Amen. Somehow, get Jesus. If you're going to give a dollar, put a track in that dollar. A track about Jesus. Amen. Don't just give a dollar just to soothe your conscience. Because you don't tithe at church. Okay, we'll continue. I'm saying people do that. I'm just being honest. People do things you know, to, to soothe their conscience because they're not doing really what God wants them to do. And then they're not getting the gospel to people and, and, they, and they say, well, look what I did. I did something nice for somebody. No, you better do it and add Jesus with it Amen. because Jesus needs to get the glory in every good that we do. Amen. And if Jesus is not getting the glory in every good that we do, then it becomes a pride thing. Amen? And so it says here that we need to do it for Jesus. Ask God, Lord, is there anybody... That I need to bless. Is there anybody that I need to reach out to? Ask God, you know, sh- you know give you opportunities. Why? Because God wants to bless you. Amen. Because when you start giving, all of a sudden the blessing will start working. Yeah. A lot of times we want the blessing without being a blessing. Amen. And so we got to be a blessing to receive a blessing. Amen. And it says here, then your light shall break forth like the morning and your healing shall spring forth speedily. You know, listen, i got to close this down, but my mom was going to go in for a surgery. And, uh, and she felt led, and she had it all set up, felt led to fast and pray for three days. I think it was three days. It was three days. And she did that. She went, I think, on a water fast. And after three days, she, uh, God revealed to her, you don't need to get surgery anymore. Think about that. She put three days in fasting and she didn't go, had to go under the knife. God healed her. Thank you, Lord. Now listen, listen. How serious are you? I remember, I prayed. Oh man, I got to close this down. I prayed for this lady at work. She said, Pastor, uh, uh, of course I wasn't a pastor at the time. I was just a church goer, thank God. And I was uh, just, you know, just a, a Christian. And I wasn't pastoring. And so I was working at the jewelry store. And um, and this lady uh, uh, asked me for prayer. She worked with me, and she had a growth on her back. And, and the doctor said, it's going to continue to grow. There's no cure for it. You're just going to have to live with it. Yeah. Right? But she knew, uh, and, and I remember, yeah, and I gave the story of, I, I prayed for my girlfriend at the time, and she had staph infection, and God healed her. God totally healed her. And it was amazing. She had it for years, where she had these, you know, these staph, anybody know what staph infection is? It it makes your, it was all on her legs and it, it like scaly makes your skin's kind of scaly looking. I remember I was in store with my girlfriend one time and somebody, and and somebody said, have you had your legs looked at, you know, and I got mad when they said that, you know, I was angry. I got angry because, you know, putting down my girlfriend, I said, that's it. I said, we're going to pray for you and God's going to heal you. And, um. and so I prayed for her. I said, in the name of Jesus, I command her, your body to be healed. And God healed her. <laughs> Thank you. Totally, it went away. And it was amazing. She was amazed. Amen. Right? And uh, I was, you know, I, was, I got so angry. Sometimes you've got to get angry in the spirit. Some of us are not angry enough in the spirit realm. For, for us to move the hand of God, we got to get in a place where we get so fired up. And when that lady said, have you been to a doctor for your legs, you know? <laughs> What's wrong with people? Well, you hear what I'm saying? Hey, got me fired up. But you know, she got healed out of it. What the devil tried to mean for bad... Or, or, or evil, God turned for good because it fired me up. So I'm talking about, hey, yeah, I prayed and she had a skin problem and God did an awesome thing. And this lady said, can you pray for me? I said, sure. And I, I went back and I, I prayed for her and now I'm, you know, I'm thinking, I, I, I'm laying hands on her. I said, now, let me ask you something. I said, are you harboring any ill will or bitterness? I just felt led to ask her that. Are you, are you upset about anything? Are you holding any hurt or pain in your life? She said, yeah, I said, you got to let that go. Amen. And she said, what? I said, I said, I said, that could be holding back. I don't want to pray a prayer. But if you're holding something against somebody, unforgiveness can keep you from getting healed and delivered and set free. Amen. So I said, you got to let it go. And so and she said, OK, I it's my husband, you know, and she started giving me this information about and I said, well, let it go. And she prayed. She let it go. I said, now let me pray for you. Now, I just felt led to do that, you know, and then I prayed for her. And a week later, she went to the doctor, and the doctor examined it, and she, he said it was shrinking. And within, I think within a month, it totally was gone. Wow. Totally gone. Okay. Now, now, when I prayed, I expected the power of God to hit her for her to fall back, you know. And it didn't do. It was like nothing, you know. Like, God, please. You know, no, you, know, you, you, know, you, you, know you have this in your mind, you know. Yeah. Boom! Yeah! You know, and, uh, and uh, you know, you have that in your mind. And so, and so she got healed. And I remember she called me, she said, and uh, she said, and then I said, you know, Jesus so good. I bought her a Bible, um, the, the lady that worked with me. I said, you need to read the Bible every day, get in church and give God the glory. And then she called me. She said, my cousin is going to surgery, but will you go over her house to pray for her? And I said, well, I, my, my girlfriend got healed. You got healed. I'm batting a hundred right here. <laughs> I said, I'm uh, man. i man. I'm man. I'm. I'm the healing evangelist. Amen. I said, yeah, I'll go over. I'm ready. I'm ready to go pray for her. You know what I'm saying? I'm ready. And then and she asked her, uh, her cousin, or it could have been her niece, and it said, this guy prayed for me. Miracles are happening. He prays in Jesus name. And that lady said, no, I'll go through the surgery. Uh-oh. Mm. I'm like, what? Mm. Oh, I'll go through the surgery. You know what's so awesome about God is? I, let me tell you this. God, will, God is not going to force his blessings on us. Amen. He's not going to force us, you know, uh, his grace on us. He's not going to force salvation on us. He, he ain't going to force it. He just gives us an opportunity. Do you want it? Yes. Do you want the blessings of God? Yes. You can have them. But, but you know, you got to want it. Amen. You know, the Bible says those that, you know, for healing, it says, call upon the elders of the church. It doesn't say the elders call upon you when you're sick. You call upon them. You say, Pastor, can you come over? I'll be there in New York second. I'm jumping in my car right now. You call me, I'll be there. And I'll be there. (laughs) Pastor, you're having too much fun up there, you know. (laughs) And they pay me for this? I can't believe it. But anyway. So let's continue. I've got to close this down, man, because it's, man. So it says, Your healing shall spring forth speedily. So do you want answered prayer speedily? Yeah, do you want God to be there? And your righteousness shall go before you, and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry, and he will say, Here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger, and speak in wickedness, hello. In other words, stop accusing people of stuff and stop pointing your finger at people and stop saying this and that and this and that. Why? Because you got issues too. Stop being the you know the you know the police. Don't be the Christian policeman trying to make sure everybody else's life is right when yours is all tore up. That's right. That's what we sometimes do. We want to fix everybody else, but you're messed up, baby. (laughs) it's called deflecting. We deflect from our own weaknesses because we focus on, okay. How'd you get so wise, Pastor? I'm not that wise. (laughs) It's called the the school of hard knocks. I've learned a lot of stuff of what not to do and what to do. Amen. And I'm still learning. Then your light shall dawn in the darkness and your darkness shall be as noonday. What is that saying? Your light shall dawn in the darkness and the darkness shall be like noonday. In other words, if everything looks all dark around you, you're going to be lit up like a Christmas tree. If everything seems dark, God's going to give you revelation. And he's going to show you some things that, that, that the enemy is trying to do some things, but he's going to show you what he's doing. And, and see, sometimes God works undercover. A lot of times God works. On, God doesn't reveal everything all the time of what he's going to do. But, but, but he's working things out and when you spend time with him, you're going to get revelation and you're, you're going to be lit up in the dark areas of your life. Amen? Of, of, of the darkness that's trying to consume your life. Let me put it that way. So, the, your light shall dawn in the darkness and your darkness shall be as new day. The Lord will guide you continually. Satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. So, so what he's saying, he, Jesus says this way, those who are thirsty, come to the waters. Yeah. Come drink. Yeah. In other words, there's a lot of God and he's willing to give you all of him. Yeah. Are you willing to go to the waters? Yeah. Are you willing to get to God? Yeah. Are you willing to do whatever you can to get to your prayer closet? Yeah. Are, you, are, you, are you thinking about, man, i got to get in prayer today. i got to get in the word today. i gotta get some, I got to get God time. Yeah. Or are you... Are, man, you listen to what I'm saying? You've got to get excited about that. You've got to get excited about your prayer closet. Now, oh, man, the prayer closet. <laughs> what was that new TV show that was coming on? <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll do the prayer closet after the TV show, right? Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, you, what am I listening to? You? What am I saying to you today? I'm, I'm saying that we've got we to gotta get so much of God's presence in our life. That, that people see God in us and it will draw them to God and we can reveal the glory of God by talking about Jesus and we can get that glory into them. Yes. Yes. And then when, when they see all hell breaking loose in our life and we're still going, <laughs> they know there's something different about you. Yes. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? When you should be like, oh man, yeah, you know, and crying and all that. No, no, when you, when you know, see, you need to know something. God is for you. God is with you. And God is in you. And I'm telling you, there are no losers in the body of Christ. I'm telling you, God always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus, no matter what is going on. God will turn around your captivity he will turn it around it may look like a losing situation it may look like we're behind the eight ball but God is about ready are you listening to what I'm saying to you today God is about ready to do some awesome things and you're going to be so amazed I'm telling you when we were in that last place and we were leasing from another church and things were happening that wasn't right and and we weren't able to use parts of the building and things were shut down and we couldn't do some things, and we couldn't even have our love feasts because of fear and the corona. And I said, God, you gotta do something. I, we 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 can't have church like we need to have church, and we can't have our love feasts because we love to eat and 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 and, and, and are you listening? To what I say, we love the fellowship. You know, that's what you know. And, and God, and, and then all of a sudden, I said to Yen, I said, we're gonna find a new place. And we started going out, looking, praying. I said, whatever it takes. If we've got to drain the entire savings account to build out a church in a place, we're going to do it. I was willing to throw it all on the line. I said, if i got to go back to work full time at 7-Eleven. No, I'm kidding. But um, if I've got to go, whatever it takes, I'll drain the bank account. We're going to have our own place. We will not be controlled. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? We will not be controlled by other people's bias. We won't be controlled. We won't be shut down. We will develop our, our own platforms of Twitter. No, I will continue. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And we started looking around. I was willing to build out. And we're looking at empty shelves and how much it going to cost. It's going to drain our entire bank account. We're going to be like done. I said, well, let's do it. And we were looking at another place, but then we came to this place and we said, my gosh, the doors were open. And we looked in because we were looking right down there, you know, in this complex, there's another, there's about... 3,000 square feet of an empty shell, right? And we were looking in that because we were thinking, well, maybe we can build out here, but there's a church right here. I said, we can't have two churches here. It wouldn't work. So we came over here and we just looked in and those doors were open and all the furniture was out and it looked like there was no church happening. And we said, oh, my Lord, the church, I don't think they're having church here. And I said, there's no furniture, and the doors are wide open. And I said, and it looks move in ready. I don't have to drain the bank account. And guess what? We came and, and we're believing for a miracle. And, and then we, we called the realtor and we said, uh, we want to look at this place. And she says, it's not even on the market. How did you know about it? How'd you know it was even here? We haven't even put it on the market yet. I said, well, it, it must be a God thing. Amen. You know, she said, she said, how'd you find out about this place? The doors were open. all right. Amen. And so when we came, she showed us the place. And then, and then we, I'm telling you, we, we negotiated a wonderful contract. And I'm telling you, it was a miracle contract. It was, it was, it was all miracle. Thank you, Lord. They gave us two months rent-free. Glory to God. Amen. Is God good? Amen. I'm telling you, people came together and we painted and and we had this place together in less than a week. Hallelujah. And I'm fixing up my office back there. It's going to look so good. Amen. And I bought this desk. Man, I got to go. We've been looking for an executive desk, right? But Pastor Dave doesn't want to pay full price. Right? And I want to be a good steward of God's money. So I'm going to get the best deal. So but I keep looking and looking and I could have, and I bought one that I returned it because it was like broken in a box that was thrown all in the truck and I said, take that back. And uh and so I'm like I'm trying to find just the best deal. And we've been looking for months for executive desks and they're all kind of beat up. I said, Oh, no. And uh and they all run about two to three hundred dollars. Um, and that's about what that you can buy like a cheap one over at Office Max for about two, three hundred dollars. I saw one at Office Max for about five hundred. I said that's pretty high. I said I want a good, good deal. So, so last Sunday I just felt led to go on offer up. Amen. I went on offer up and I saw this beautiful desk. You all can look at it before you leave. Amen. And um, and it, it was beautiful. I said and it was only two hundred dollars. And I looked at it. I said, man, this. I looked at it. This, I've been looking at desk. I mean, I'm almost like a desk expert, okay. And um, and I was looking at these desks, and I said, I look at it, and I ask, uh, um, is this still for sale? And then I, and then and and I waited about three minutes, nothing. She didn't get back to me, and I looked at it again. I said, "I'm just going to offer." Normally, I lowball the offer. If it's 200, will you take 150? You know, you, all, you know, you always try to lowball, okay? And I said, I, I looked at it again. I said, "I'm gonna, It's worth every bit of 200." I put it in, "I'll buy it for 200." She got back in touch with me. She says, "It's for sale." And I said, "We'll be there this afternoon to pick it up," and uh, and so and so we went and picked that desk up. It was it was this nice lady living in. Uh, a beautiful neighborhood. Her, her house was probably $750,000 home, wow. right? Beautiful. I'm telling you, really beautiful, beautiful house, 3,000 square foot. Um, it's called, and that area is called the Eagle's Nest. It's off of Great Neck. Amen? I think that might be the next place I might be moving to. But anyway... Um, <laughs> And, and so and so, she, or, she's going through a divorce. We've got to keep her in prayer. But she had two kids and her 14-year-old and her. She was carrying that big heavy desk. My brother looked at that desk and said, that thing is a beast. How'd you get it in here? I said, two, two boys and a, and a man. No, I'm kidding. And, uh, and, and uh, we were able to carry that desk. Steve was the part of the muscle. I think he may have. Or, did you tweak your back on that? Yeah okay, and we carried that thing in. I mean, it was a beast. But I'm telling you, my brother walked in that and looked at that desk and said, "That's a thousand dollar desk all day long." I said, "I know it. I mean, it's all inlaid wood and that desk and all that. I think I'm just gonna just sit in there just to look at the desk for an hour." Amen. And um, when I'm in in my in my study over there, it's gonna be my new study. And uh, but what I'm saying, when when you're when you're walking with God. Even though there were things that you believe could work, God will lead you. If you want God to lead you, I just kept saying no, no, no. It takes time sometimes for God to reveal and to get you that blessing. And so what I'm saying to you today is, is in our fasting and prayer for three weeks, and some of us are going to go longer, we, we may not see the miracle instantaneously. We may not see it open altogether. But I'm telling you, when you fast and pray and you keep believing and you keep the switch of faith turned on, you will see the blessing come into your life and come into the life of your family members. Do you believe that? Have you received it today? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you, Father for your mercies and for your goodness. I thank you, Father, for these precious people that that love you with all their hearts and, and they're fasting and praying some for breakthrough, maybe relationship breakthrough, maybe financial breakthrough, maybe breakthrough for health. And Father, I'm believing that you're going to do amazing things in the people of Exceed Life Church. I thank you for those that are watching online. And I believe that you're going to do amazing things in their lives, too. And maybe now this is the time for you to really put God first place. Maybe you've never asked Jesus to be Lord of your life. Well, today is the day of salvation. You may not have another chance. So I'm going to ask you. To, 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 to consider receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior this morning. And, and so if you're ready to do that, I, I, I guarantee you, God can do amazing things in your life. Just say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org